What's up, everybody, and welcome back. It's another episode of the War on 94 podcast. It's Frank. It's Evan. Evan is living the bachelor life this weekend. How's it been, Evan? Yeah, lots of sleep and lots of watching sports. That's, that's what it's, it's all been. about. Yeah, uh, I guess boring report over here, but can I, can I, I can't really complain, so... <laughs> Yeah, I feel that. I mean, when the when the cat's away, the the mice will sleep. I think that's how the old saying goes. <laughs> Something I, like that. I, I think, think it's some destroyed I, that. <laughs> I might have just I'm I'm free balling here. Uh, but let's not waste any time. We 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 took a week off to uh to to gather ourselves to to get ourselves back into the swing of things. You know, we're we're here another episode. Excited, lots to talk about. Let's not waste any time. Let's start with the best thing we saw all week. Or how about the best thing we did all week? We'll start with that. And Yeah, uh, that could Evan, be... Give, it, could, give it to me. I said that could be loosely applied to mine. Actually, not even loosely applied. That could be firmly applied to mine because what I did last weekend was went to the Bucks game because for the first time this season, they have allowed in-person attendance at the Fiserv. Um, it was 10% capacity. It was socially distant seating um, by everything all through your phone. There was no concession lines, no bathroom lines. Um, I, it was just an all around great experience. I mean, it, it sucks because you miss out on the, the crowded atmosphere of a sporting event, which is, which, which we for being real is only good for about five minutes of a game when, when exciting things happens and you just hear a deafening roar, right? For the yeah. rest of the time, the 45 minute waits at concessions, the long lines in the bathroom, and then not having any other room as me being a six, three male, I, I never have any room to begin with. And it's even sure. made worse when there's people, when there's people sitting next to you, you know, fight, you're not fighting for armrests, things like that. It was right. almost the like best the, way to t- take in a sporting like, event. Yeah. Having like the drunk guy who's like too loud next to you. You're oh like, you, you don't miss out on that. You know, you, you don't miss out on like the, yeah, exactly. He said bathroom lines, concession lines, all the above, like, but I, yeah, and, and how many times have you sat in a line somewhere and missed something that happens on the court, mm-hmm. or on the field, or on the on the diamond? Like it, it happens all the time, and and none of that was there because there was only ten percent of the fans there. We even saw one of our friends from halfway across the arena in the lower bowl, and we were able to message them on Instagram and say, "Hey, look, look over here and wave at us." And we, which I don't think I've ever done in a in a sports arena ever. So, um, and also it was a good game, and the Bucks won, and and we're in the middle of the five game win streak that we're going to get to, but. I mean, yeah, just an all-around great experience. I think probably the safest going out in the city of Milwaukee that my girlfriend and I have felt the entire time, like through this whole thing. Like there just was, you know, we were indoors and obviously circulated air. You have that whole environment, but it's masks on at all times. Like I said, no concession lines. You order on your phone. You have to wait until they text you that your order is ready and go pick it up in a kiosk. Everything's prepackaged. Like if we would have ordered um, like drinks, we ordered like a like a gin and tonic. And it comes in like a like a coffee like travel lid like kind oh, of sure. lid like that, and it, you know no worry about straw, no worry about anything like that. And it's just like this is how it should be. Like <laughs> this there is how it's three hundred like, people. And that's yeah. it. <laughs> what was the total? What was the total um, attendance? They didn't the- announce because it probably would have been such a low number. But <laughs> the Pfizer's full capacity is. Um, give me a second. <sighs> Pfizer full capacity is how many people we 
what are we getting? Sixteen thousand, seventeen thousand, seventeen thousand three forty one. So by by that math, there couldn't have been more. There couldn't have been more than seventeen hundred people there, mm-hmm. and it didn't even feel like that much. If I'm being completely honest with you, there yeah, was there was it, scattered yeah. distancing throughout the entire lower bowl. There was a few people who had courtside seats, which, if you've seen on TV, are for the most part in every arena socially distanced as well. There's mm-hmm. pairs of pods of two, um, and then. We were on the upper bowl um, on the side where the Marquette numbers are, which is behind all the benches. And it was only our upper bowl section and like one or two sections into the ends. And then the whole other half was completely empty. So, I mean, there was, I would say, I would say probably a thousand was pushing it. Um, It just wasn't, I mean, there just wasn't people. It was, and I think it was one of the first ones. I was um, like, right as they announced it, I heard, like I heard from a friend that they had announced it and I went and found, was able to get the pre-sale code and like immediately got tickets. It was like 50 bucks a person for upper bowl. They, they, if you, you know, you have to get the presale, they'll go like, cause those go. And then everybody tries to jack up the price cause there's no attendance. So there's high demand in, in theory. So like, I was, I think I saw the Clippers game today was going for like, like 150 up, up upper bowl. And I'm like, I'm okay. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. But yeah, you know, what can you do? But yeah, I mean, went to a basketball game, went to a sporting event for the first time in over a year. That wasn't one that I work at. So (laughs) it was a pretty weird feeling, but it was a great one. Hell yeah. I hope that we are soon to follow in Chicago. I've heard rumors that they're hoping by opening day to have fans in the stands. Um, If it's 20% capacity, you know, something like that won't be much different for White Sox fans. I know they're pretty used to having 20% capacity, even in non-COVID times. So, um, oh God. It's a little shot, a little shot, Imagine. a little some some. You have to be careful. They might have more attendance than you these next few oh, years. Oh, they're, de- they're definitely. All those bandwagon I mean, concerts are going to start taking, taking, taking some trips down to the south side and bandwagon them for a few years. They're going to have better baseball, that's for sure. I don't know about <laughs> fan attendance, but they're going to have better baseball. Um, so pretty awesome. Great experience, I'm sure, especially to get back out there. Feeling a, a little normal. I feel like I, I say that about a lot of things. Like that felt almost normal. You know. When yeah, well, and everything – yeah, like a little bit normal, a little bit more normal. It feels like that's like the perfect thing is like we're, you know, you can't from where we were, like obviously you can shut it down to where we were very quickly, but like you can't bring it back all and open the floodgates right away. Like all these reopening plans, I mean, the Brewers submitted one. I would imagine the Sox and, and Cubs will do a joint one since considering they're both in the city. Mm-hmm. The Brewers got presented, presented a 35% to open up for the ballpark. And I heard the Indians back in Cleveland, they got approved and the Reds too, the state of Ohio approved for 30% for their stadiums. So like, you know, but you can't, I mean, you can't just go boom, hundred percent capacity right, back out. No. It's just not going to work that way. You're going to have to like try it out and make sure until like we have a, a legitimate number of people in this country who are vaccinated that you can have the full thing going. That would, you know, it's all going to be still socially distanced. It's not leaving us anytime soon, socially distanced, spaced out. All these things are going to be, real concerns and hopefully hopefully you can get to take the part because like i said it was it was a great sporting experience so yeah especially to be able to see a team like the bucks who have been you know so good the last couple of years to be able to get in there and watch Giannis, you know in live and in person it's yeah. it's pretty awesome um when it comes to my best thing i saw all week it's going to transition almost flawlessly into our into our first segment a little bit of basketball it's talk. like you planned it that way it's like i planned it you you would you would think so but my best thing I saw all week, my prediction was correct, as was a lot of fuel's prediction. Zach Levine has been named to the All-Star team. I mean, hallelujah, praise the Lord. The Bulls have an All-Star on their roster. 
Uh, first time since Jimmy Butler was back on the team. Uh, I mean, I think like 2015, 2016 was the last time we had an all-star on our roster. Um, so to be able to see that him finally get recognized last year, it was close. He was like a fringe guy, you know, him and Bradley Beal were like two of the people who, uh, two of the guys people were saying were, you know, kind of snubbed, but this year, I mean, well-deserved. He has taken a noticeable step in his game. You know, I've talked about it a couple times on here, but you know, this year he's putting up about 29 points a game on like 52, 44, 87 shooting. I mean, he's got five assists, five rebounds per game. He's playing better, better defense than he has ever. He is leading this team. He's willing this team to victories and just totally hundred percent deserving of this honor. And I'm so happy to see a guy like him be able to play uh, next week in Atlanta because he's the kind of guy who you watch him play and you're like, that is an all like that is a guy you want to see in an all-star game. I mean, flashy dunks, great ball handling, the ability to step back and hit threes with like zero space in front of him. He's the kind of guy who can go out there and just put on, put up 35 in the blink of an eye. And he's so efficient. He's, he is strong. He gets to the basket. He, you know, and this is the kind of thing you need because he's the kind of guy you can have on this team and then he can attract other stars. So I'm going to need Zach Levine to put on his, you know, his, uh, his business cap when he's in Atlanta this week and try to do some business with these other all-stars, see who's available, see who's not liking their situation and say, Hey, we got this thing in Chicago. It's coming together. We got Billy Donovan. We got a competent front office. We got some young guys. We're not really sure what we're going to do with them yet, but you can be part of it and you can help, you know, bring this basketball giant, this sleeping giant back awake and, and turn this. I mean, this city is, is hungry for a good bulls team. For a good basketball team that they get, they can get behind. I'm rewatching the Last Dance right now, and watching the way the Bulls were in the '90s is just like, oh, I want it so so badly to be able to have the Bulls in that conversation of this is a marquee team. This is a team that is competing for championships for you know in the playoffs every year, fighting with these great franchises. The NBA is so. So fun right now, and for the Bulls to now be coming more a part of it is great, and to have Zach Levine be the the leader of that engine is awesome. So all all the praise goes to Zach Levine. He put in, he has worked his butt off, and to be able to get that recognition is awesome. So good good for him to get that first All Star nod. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, he's he's balling this year. He is incredible to watch. He's really starting to evolve into that marquee player role that you know he was hope that you, people hoped he would be right. Mm-hmm. And it, and I think, you know, I don't want to skip to too far down the road here, but I think it definitely clouds some confusion as to, is it a place, you know, is this a team that's going to be selling or is this team that's going to be buying and trying to build off what they have? Cause they've been trying to build for years and it hasn't worked. Now it's finally starting to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I will ask you though. One quick question is you said you wanted to see him rubbing elbows with the, with the elites this weekend in, in where are they playing? In Atlanta. Atlanta. Thank you. Yeah. Um, who is no, not you, Alexa. Shut up. <laughs> Alexa, stay out of this. Yeah, God. <laughs> They're snooping even when, even when the girlfriend's away. Um, so you, you said you wanted to see him rubbing elbows with somebody. Um, who would that one person be? If you could have, I mean, oh. obviously you'd ha- like, I'm, I'm going to throw all the barriers out the window because there's a lot of 
issues to work through with contracts and things like that and sure. picks and whatever. But sure. if you could pick one compliment that's going to be at the all-star game this weekend in Atlanta, that to come be a bull next year, who are you taking and why? Mm, I mean, there's, I mean, obviously it's like, it's the all-star game. So obviously everyone is like the best at their position or one of the three, right. four best guys, but at, you know, but obviously, obviously, saying, obviously. everybody, everybody's on the table. If you really want LeBron, sure. go take LeBron. I mean, yeah. it's not going to happen, but like, I mean, who would be the one guy that you think would be most complimentary to the bulls that he's going to be playing this weekend in, in Atlanta. The the guy who comes to mind the most, honestly, is Nikola Jokic. Um, oh, that would be dirty. All-star candidate. Oh. <laughs> Seven-foot point center. I mean, he, he is a point center. He is, you know, uh, I'll throw out some stats. 27 a game, eight and a half assists, 11 rebounds. Come on. I mean, he was drafted by Arturis Karnasovas, who is the Bulls president of basketball operations right now. He has that Denver connection to bring him in here. I mean, I don't know what it would take. I think he's, I think he's coming up on a contract year. Um, and obviously the, the nuggets are going to do everything in their power to bring, to bring him back. But if they don't take that next step, I feel like they made it to the conference finals last year, lost to LeBron tails old as time. But if they don't make that next step, he could be looking for an out and the bulls, could be a team that could offer him max, max money and bring him in and to come to put him with a guy like Zach Levine. That's man. That's about as good as it gets right there. That would be a good missing piece. Um, if you really want to look at the re- the real reality of it, he is actually not out of contract until the end of 2023. Okay. Um, so the 20 summer of 2023 would be the season you'd have to pursue him. Which um, is like, I feel like that's on track with where the bulls are at right now. I mean, they're well, not going you know, they're not going to be like competing really like actually competing. Like I know they're, I was going to mention it before, but like they're in the top eight right now and they're like a game out of being in the top four, but also it's sort of smoke and mirrors. A lot of teams are dealing with issues with COVID. Obviously a lot of teams are struggling. The East is like a, a back to being kind of a joke this year uh, outside of like the top three of bucks sixers has been a joke it's yeah. just lebron who saved it for a while and it's right. they've had some years of relevancy but for the most part the west is where the competition is so eight exactly. and doesn't carry that same so you're you're right there but yeah so come to the i mean like any of those all-star players come to the east like yeah. come play with the bulls and we will be in that conversation for top three like the no you know well and as I, you said they're fighting you know they heartbreaking loss last year in the in the conference final i mean and it feels like that division only the west only got more cut through like what would be right. more frustrating than to just keep losing and losing and losing so three years down the two years down the road he's like sitting there the the exit the third straight playoff exit that didn't end in a championship mm-hmm. like i who knows maybe he wants who to knows? skip town hey hey i'm just i'm trying to manifest you know i'm just trying there to manifest go. here so the real question is going to be when it comes to Zach Levine is do the bulls choose, like you said, a lot of questions, are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? There's already been um, news that Billy Donovan has said that him, Arturis and the rest of the bulls front office are going to have a meeting, like an actual sit down meeting where they decide what they're going to do before the trade deadline. So are they going to be sellers? Are they going to be trading away these, these veteran pieces that have been, contributing so well to this team and putting us in this position where we are uh, just two games under 500 and right in the thick of the playoff race, guys like Thaddeus Young, 
Thomas Sadoransky, um, Garrett Temple, Otto Porter, and then a guy like Zach Levine. He's coming up on a contract year next season. Um, he is currently on a very, very, very friendly deal. And especially in terms of what he's been, how he's been producing. And if we choose to extend him this season, this off season, and we give him the max, it's only going to be only four years, 104 million. Whereas if we decided to wait until his contract was up, he's going to be avail- He could be getting up to 155 million. So you're saving about $50 million by choosing to re-sign him this offseason. And you have to make him want to stay because $50 million at the age of 26, pretty freaking enticing if you ask me um, at any age. <laughs> but hey, especially $50 when million you're that young. is enticing to anyone at that age. <laughs> but especially, especially when you're that young and you, are at, at the, at, and you are getting better progressively and you want – Zach Levine wants to play – big-time basketball. He wants to be that guy. He wants to be the one that people look at as a winner, a guy who can turn franchises around, et cetera, et cetera. He's never been on a team that has been this good this late in the season, which is saying a lot because the Bulls aren't even over 500. Um, <laughs> which so, shows exactly where the Bulls have been the past five years. <laughs> right, and where, he, and where he was before with Minnesota, and you know he was the key oh, piece of that. Yeah, he was the key piece of that Jimmy Butler trade. You're where the right, Bulls, yeah. The Bulls, did, the Bulls got him and Laurie Markkinen on draft night for, for Jimmy Butler, and he's been getting better every year. He was coming off an ACL tear when we got him, and we were kind of like, oh, Zach Levine, the dunk contest guy. Like, I remember him. Like, he tore his ACL, and now we were, we picked him up for our best player. Okay. And he's just been, like, every year progressing. He works his ass off every offseason. Him and his dad are in the gym just working, working, working because he knows he wants to be the best. And that's the kind of guy he's not – and, like, I'm not going to say he's the number one. He's he's not a number one on, a, on, like, a championship team or even, like, a playoff, like, really contending team, like – going conference finals we're talking here but if he can be that lead scorer behind a guy like Nikola Jokic like I mentioned or somebody else you know some other facilitating guard whoever to to be that that playmaker for Zach I mean you're looking at somebody who can who can really make some noise and I will also say I know I mentioned this before the pod but the fact that Zach Levine isn't even in the plus 25,000 range for MVP this year is an absolute joke, and I will and I will be writing a a very strongly worded letter to the people at at FanDuel. So this, I don't think it's just is, FanDuel who makes this. Those. Is recorded. <laughs> this is recorded. You hear me now, yeah. Vegas? Listen up, Vegas. Yeah, I say, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, who's who is actually listed on that on? I mean, LeBron on that is list? LeBron. Oh, the top, I'll give you like, I mean, like top five is like LeBron. Well, no, give me the, I would actually be more concerned with who are the ones that are like right on the bottom of the list that he should be. Oh, like think Zion, Zion, Trey. I mean, I think he should be on the same level as those guys. I mean, he's got, he's putting up numbers that have only been seen by like four players ever in a season. Like 28, five and five on those efficiency shooting is like, that's, that's Steph Curry MVP numbers. Like if you look, he is, that's where he's comparable to right now. Yeah, so, you're right. So, I mean, he should be – I mean, not that he's going to win. He's not going to win. But, like, to have him not even be on the list is, like, silly. You know, it's, like <laughs> – it's just silly. I, I, it's really not much to even complain about. Like, it's just, like, it's silly for me to even complain about it. But I'm going to, god damn it. So, <laughs> so 
Hear me roar. <laughs> Who on you? Who yeah, on, on you, you, Las Vegas? So, but but overall, only for you. <laughs> overall, a lot is going to come down to this meeting between uh, Billy and the front office. We're going to see what happens after that. I don't know if anything's going to necessarily come out from the meeting until we see it happening. You know what I mean? So until we start seeing moves made, we're going to be like, okay, this is what they decided. You know? Yeah, so, they're not going to come out and have a press They're not going to come out and be like, we're okay, we're selling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That wouldn't make any sense because then everyone's going to be like, well, then we're going to sell. We're going to give you shit for that. Oh, you know? You're trying to sell. So I, yeah, exactly. you would immediately deaden the price of anybody you're trying to sell. So, but, I mean, if, so do you think, um, I mean, what what do you think? I mean, I guess I'm asking a fan who, what they think they should do. Obviously, every fan's gonna say we should go for it, but um, are they at a are they at a point to make going for it feasible? Like, is this is this no. a point? Because this is a, like this is a any sport. You look at you know the Padres sit and had to make this decision a year and a half ago. Um, you this is a decision that teams have to make year after year, sport after from one league to another. It's like you're in that middle zone of you're in like shit. Do we tear it down and hope for better? Or do we really just push all our chips in and and go for it now and, and push for the next four or five years and see how far we get, right? And this is a this is like that's like one of the hardest decisions to make in sports. And that's what makes like front office guys and owners and that's what makes you a name that's remembered for years in a city, right? Or it makes you booed for years because you fucking sure. destroy the next ten years of the team's future. Sure. Cough, I think cough, bears will get to you. <laughs> You're not safe, bears. We got you. We're, <laughs> we're still looking at you. Um, honestly, even as a fan, I think the best the best case scenario for the Bulls this year is maybe between the ten to seven range, playing in that play in tournament. So it's like if we have these guys, these uh, who we can get like first round picks back for, or or like. Um, if we can get a a first round pick in exchange for Thad Thad Young and Thomas Sadoransky, like we should probably do it. We should we don't the Bulls don't have the the pieces to go for it right now. They're not in the position to just be like chips are on the table because then we're going in with this starting lineup of an, with an average age of like 23 into the playoffs. We're going to get swept out of the first round. Then we get the 16th pick and it's like, eh, like, you know, it's, they don't have the pieces. Oh, right. It's not they a lottery have, pick. Is it not? No. They, if they make the playoffs and they get swept, they're going to go into, they're going to be. Yeah. I, just don't, I don't know how this play in tournament works with like. Yeah. With so if, I mean the play in tournament, if you're out, if you get knocked out of the play in tournament, then you go into the lottery, but you're like, you have the worst odds. You're like 14, 13. Yeah, but we've seen how shit the lottery is. Sure. I mean, look yeah, at the yeah, Pelicans. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, you saw – I mean, look at the Bulls. The Bulls, when they got Derrick Rose, had, I think, the 13th thirteenth best odds to get it, and they got the number one pick. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, it happens. It definitely happens. And with the new rules, it things change all the time. But I think the Bulls should realistically – I mean, I, I've loved watching them this season. They are – if they're not – they're nothing if they're not fun. They are a fun team to watch. They are putting together great games. They're they're exciting on offense. They're getting better on defense. There's still a lot of holes to fill, though. There's and I think that this front office and Billy Donovan are looking towards the future. That's why they picked a guy like Patrick Williams with the fourth overall pick when there were other guys who were more established or other people people who were like, okay, this guy was a three year starter in college, but they went with the guy who was a, a freshman six man of the year. 
because they know that down the road he's going to be something hopefully and they, and they have a they have a track record of develop you know this front office has a track record of developing guys in the places they've been before so i think overall i mean best case scenario this season like i said is a play in tournament spot really so i'd say i hate to say it but like we should probably be sellers for the most part of the, and, and then sort of build up our build up our our draft capital, keep the guys we want to keep, build around them, play to their strengths, and then really start competing next season, 2023, 2024. Like that's when we should be in our sweet spot of like every year right in the thick of things. And if we're not by that point, then I'll be upset. But I think this is this was never a instant turnaround for me. Is I think I thought and I thought the Bulls were going to this was going to be a long process. The Bulls are in a rebuild. Realistically, they're in a rebuild. But you know, it's not as bad as like a rebuild where they're like 9 and 73 or whatever, you know. It's not quite that. They're not like putting together a bunch of G League guys on the roster and sort of just going from there. Like they have pieces. It's just a matter of figuring out who works best together and, you know, going from there. So I've liked what I've seen so far. I love Billy Donovan. I feel like he's a perfect guy to have running this team, and I'm really excited to see where things go, which is not something I normally say when it comes to Chicago sports. So <laughs> good on you. <laughs> Literally bull E for you. <clears throat> exactly. Now let's let's move on to a team that is – Well, do you want to talk any of the on-the-court on play? I mean, you, you kind of summed it up pretty succinctly, but yeah, is there I anything mean- – that you we've want to been, touch on is, is from the past few games here? Yeah, I mean, the past couple of games, we've seen the good and the bad of the Bulls. I mean, we've seen games like against the Pelicans where we go off for 46 points in a quarter. We see it against the Rockets where we have amazing ball movement and just run them out the gym. And then we have games like Friday against the, the Suns where the Bulls are winning all game, three and a half quarters against one of the better teams in the NBA. And then they just kind of fall apart in the fourth quarter, turnovers, poor defense, poor shot selection, and, you know, inability for anybody other than Zach to really make an make an impact late in the game. You know, he's the guy you obviously want with the ball down the stretch, but when he's not hitting, who else is there really to be that shot maker? You know, you have Kobe White, but I don't really think he's that guy. Um, Laurie Markinen has been out for several weeks, and he just continues to not be able to stay healthy. Um Patrick Williams is 19 years old. I'm not expecting him to be that shot maker when we need him to be. So, you know, it's just up and down. And we're still, like I said, we're still missing several pieces to be in that comp- that conversation for a team that's, you know, actually competing. So I've been having fun watching them. I, I, it, I've made it almost appointment television to watch the Bulls every game. So it's a huge change from what it's been in the past couple of seasons. And I'm really excited that we're finally on that kind of uh, that road, but still, still some things that need to be changed, but I'm going to keep watching the bulls this season because they've been exciting. If nothing, like I said, if nothing, if, if they're not good, they're exciting. Like they're, and they're fun. And that's all I can really ask for. Entertainment, baby. That's what we're in this game. Right. I mean, they're probably one of the best like league pass teams. I know people talk about that all the time where it's like, Oh yeah. You get, you get NBA league pass and it's like, okay, what's the team you, you got to watch because they're fun. It's like 
the Bulls are on that list now. For because sure. the Bulls are the team that I feel like is the most exciting team that gets no national matchups, right? Sure. Like you get and you with with how well NBA publicizes themselves, like TNT Thursdays. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have sure. a game on any time of day you want to choose. You know, you can go watch a live a live game, but like you go look, it's like the same. 10 12 15 teams and the bulls aren't in that rotation and Mm -hmm. you've talked them up all year as being incredibly exciting to watch and the stats show it the scores show it like they're not Mm -hmm. a bad team so that that makes total sense as to why there's i didn't didn't know this and now learning this from you but that makes sense there's this thing called the 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 league pass because i'm like a league pass team because like right yeah i want to i mean this is when you wish you had the NBA had flex scheduling and would, and would bump one or two of the bulls games in. Cause it's like, exactly. okay, this is an exciting team. I want to see them now. Also at Chicago, why are you not capitalizing on that market for at least a hot minute? Come on now. Right. Right. We had one national televised game in this first half of the season. Cause you know, the NBA um, has only put out like half schedule, half schedule. And now they just put out the second half schedule. We had one nationally televised game against the Sixers. We did lose, but it was exciting. I mean, it was fun to watch and it definitely was able to put the bulls more on a national level. Of course, Zach had maybe one of his worst shooting games of the season, but uh, you know it happens. Joel Embiid scored fifty on us, no big deal. Um, and then we do have two ESPN no games. <laughs> we do have two ESPN games uh, scheduled for the second half of, of this uh, schedule. So who knows? Maybe they will. Maybe something will happen, and there'll be like a game that gets canceled, and they'll be like, "Okay, we'll switch the Bulls over into ESPN or you know onto TNT." The TNT Bulls are a real thing. I will say. Uh, They've long been a – I think they have like a 19-game winning streak on TNT games. Uh, I don't know if I can – if that's uh, – you know, we got to check that, those stats for accuracy, but they yeah, have some kind of like crazy, stat checker on that one. crazy winning streaks. Kayla, look that up. There's a producer. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla, Kayla, can you look up how many wins the Bulls have had in a row? I got you. Yeah. On TNT specifically. On TNT. Please. I actually am looking through the because the next batch of games have like kind of been released, although there's still a lot of t- to be determined or like announced times and stuff like that. But it looks like there's only two more Bucks Bulls matchups, and they're both at the U. No, sorry, what did you say? It looks like there's only two more Bucks Bulls matchups coming up, and they're both at the United Center. Hmm. Well, they did have. Is, what do they play? One or two games in Milwaukee? This, yeah. Well, this first half. They, yeah, I just don't remember, and that would be very disappointing because I was honestly hoping to come look and see both of those up here, but I guess I'll have to travel to Chicago. Oh, stupid. poor guy. Got to come to the better city. Oh. Okay, watch it. <laughs> well, let, since, we're, since we're talking – oh, wait. One more thing before we, before we move oh, on. Oh, I, I, I thought our producer had a stat for us. <laughs> she, she's working on it. What okay. do we got? 20 wins in a row. On TNT? 20 home – it's home. It is home. 20 straight home wins. On, on TNT for the Bulls. Thank the you. The TNT Bulls Kayla. are a real thing. I will say that. Your check will be in the It has been about three years since they've had a game Wow. I say that's impressive. That's re- <laughs> well, oh well. Yeah. Um, but one more thing before we move on from the Bulls. Uh, Marco Simonovic, um, a name we have not talked about since draft night. He was the second-round pick. Oh, that's right. For the Bulls. Uh, they stashed him away in the Serbian League, um, and he is a – Freak of nature. Um, he is putting up crazy numbers right now. He is beefing up too. He was like 6'10", 180 when we drafted him. And I think he's up to like 210 at this point. He looks beefy as hell. Um, 6'11", make that. And he is becoming a dead eye from, from long range. So, 
Yeah, hope the Bulls said they're gonna they're gonna stash him away for one season. So hopefully next season we'll be able to see some Marco Simonovic uh, in Chicago. And hey, who who knows if we even need uh, Nikola Jokic when it comes to we got Marco Simonovic. Yeah, six so, eleven. So put that in your tickler file. We'll uh, we'll oh we'll circle back on that one uh, at the start of next season. But Marco I Simonovic, a, I just have a feeling that like. There's going to be multiple multiple Bucks Bulls games where that name haunts us. <laughs> I hope so. God, like I hope so. like the well, and you think about it, right? Like the big, you know, Giannis is a great player. Like he and he can win against anyone. But like part of why he wins so much is because he can just out physical anybody because he's mm-hmm. so big and so strong. I I don't know how much you can out physical somebody who's the same size as you. I mean, yeah. Oh my lord! I, that must be what other people feel like when they when they see Giannis on, Giannis on the other side of the floor. Like, yeah, wow, that's terrifying. Yeah. I'm excited <laughs> to see this guy on, on our side. So hopefully, hopefully that comes sooner rather than later. Yeah, but um, you know, good good on uh, AK and the and the scouting department for grabbing a guy who I'm sure no one even had on their radar <laughs> uh, when it when the draft was coming around. So pretty awesome. We'll hopefully see him in the near future. But let's get to a team that is you know, competing now and, and right in the thick of things. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks are back. Bucks are back. Yeah. The last two episodes have been really, really dragging them. Uh, they were, they were in the middle of some tough stretches of play. And most notably the last episode was like right in the dead eye of a zero and five. Or I think that they had like lost two back to back and ended up being the five game losing streak. Um, since then though, they've turned that right around um and they have beat thunder who was uh, who was one of the teams they lost to in the mm. losing streak then they beat the bucks or they they beat the bucks they are the bucks they beat the kings they beat the bucks the bucks beat the bucks whoa um, my god <laughs> what a revelation That's um, a giant streak <laughs> the bucks beat the kings rather um oh and the weirdest thing um Oh, it's gonna bug me now. Who is the the not? Fa- I'm gonna just look at the list here. Halliburton. Did you know he's yeah. from Wisconsin? I didn't know he's from Wisconsin, but he was a guy who I was very high on, and I was hoping the Bulls would grab him. And uh, but you know, yeah, he got he's he's a king now. But yeah, he's from Oshkosh, yeah. Wisconsin. Went to Iowa State, so there mm-hmm. was about as many Iowa State and Kings Tyrese Halliburton jerseys in the crowd as, as there were um bucks jerseys like it That's was kind sweet. of weird and then it was really confusing for michelle because somebody was wearing retro bucks jersey which is also purple and i was like oh so the, there's two guys are sitting out in front of us they're wearing the halliburton jersey I'm like those that's the king that's the other team she goes wow another king's fan i'm like yeah there are more but that one actually is the bucks <laughs> she's like why do they have this color scheme i don't get it this makes no sense I'm like nobody else it was the 90s that's what can i say <laughs> um but yeah so they beat the kings that was the game i was at then the then two games this week, they put up almost 130. Well, I guess it's just called 130 points. We we can round up when it's one point. Just beat the Pelicans, destroyed the Timberwolves. And then today on ESPN, um, a really, really close game, but a statement, statement victory against the uh, Bucks. Clippers. Again, again. <laughs> Nickel in the jar. Jeez. Against the Clippers. Thank you. Um, yes. And I mean, this was, I started noticing it when I was at the game last week. Um, you kind of felt like a different energy was on the floor. Like the, they, they kind of turned a corner in the Thunder game and it has continued there. And their season has been broken down into streaks. The 
ESPN Graphic Wizards drew, brought out their all their all their little cute graphics and showed it a roller coaster of a season. And Giannis on the shitty roller coaster car going up and down, and it was like started two and three, then went seven and one, then like lost four, won five, lost five. So it's been like yo-yoing back and forth for the Bucks, but mm-hmm. um, you know, still been still been able to be dominant uh, in the middle of this run, which if you even look at it on a larger scale, is uh, the past ten games. Uh, which is what is what Drew Holiday has missed, which we now found out was due to COVID. Um, they were five and five without Drew, and now he's back on the floor. Um, and he had a rough game at it at today, but like as we were talking before we hit record, like the guy just had recovered from COVID and was out, finally out of his basement for the first time in two weeks. Like give right. the, give him a little. It's slack. to be expected. I mean, yeah, no matter yeah. how high of an high level of an athlete you are, like this is a debilitating kind of illness that's gonna it's gonna knock you on your ass. Like, yeah. Yeah, and he absolutely, he absolutely did. That. I think he was quoted earlier in that he, in earlier in training or practice this week, he felt like he was running around with cinder blocks and or bricks in his shoes. Yeah. Um, so like, they're just not like you know. And he's played on a minutes restriction tonight. He'll continue to play on minutes restrictions going forward. They'll like ramp him up. Um, but I mean, there's just so much that I feel like I complained about last last time we recorded that is just gone now. Um, we've seen much more of Thanasis or Thanasty as he's getting. And, and even in person, I mean, he is his energy on and off the court. He, something happened where he just like, every time there was a good play in that Bucks Kings game, he was the first one off the bench. He was up and screaming around. He was slapping the little like light display that is in front of the, um, the video board. Like he Hmm. was just, you could see from two stories up that he was just bringing, he was bringing the energy and that's what it kind of felt like was missing. Um, the, the team is playing much better defensively, even without Drew. Um, I mean, Brooke figured out how to shoot again, and he's not a liability on defense anymore. He had three or four in the first quarter, and probably even more than that. But I just remember like being like, okay, Brooke is back. Like He just has his like, trademark corner three that took the league by storm two years ago. He's back on it. Um, and it's just – it's incredible to watch. And uh, DJ Augustin is – is doing better. Um, didn't really have as many issues with him. He's making threes when he needs to. I didn't have a ton of points, but he had one or two like clutch baskets that were like, okay, I see. And he, he also stepped up and took a huge charge against um, who's the um, Clippers Eastern European ball player. I can't Kovac. Uh, I can't Zubac? think of his name. Huh? Zubak. Yeah. Zubak. Thank guy? you. Uh, yeah. Some, Z and K and C's, yeah. and you know what I mean. Sorry, that's really offensive. Um, <laughs> I don't think I don't know if we have any Croatians listening. Oh, yeah. wait a second. Wait a minute, my girlfriend's Croatian. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, Kayla. After all oh, the good work okay. you did for us earlier. Um, no, she so yeah, so Zubak was going for a huge like dunk, and and DJ just stood in there. Like DJ's like five five. I feel like especially compared to <laughs> to yeah, Zubak. Yeah. And he took a huge charge and the commentator was like, had to question your sanity, but I appreciate what the effort. And it's like, <laughs> absolutely. Like, and you know, so just the team seems to have figured something out and the energy seems, seems completely different. And I, I couldn't be happier. I mean, I was sitting like clapping and watching today. Like it was a playoff game again. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like a playoff atmosphere. Those are two. That's a, that's a, that's a possible finals preview right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically with those two teams you know absolutely that, and it's, it's and, a marquee matchup 
Yeah, and the other one that continues to just impress as he has all season is Bobby Portis. I mean, um, I, I heard there Crazy was apparently so, – what's that? Crazy eyes <laughs> from, his, from his Bulls days and also uh, Mr. Broken Jaw. He broke uh, – I don't know if you remember, but he broke Nikola Miritich's jaw in practice with a, with a solid right hand to his – to his oh, face. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that got him sent out of town real quick. Yeah. Well, Hey, we'll <laughs> take it. <laughs> I think he went somewhere else before he came to us, but we'll You're take welcome. it. Welcome. Yeah. And then he, yeah. Then he went over to, yeah. yeah. No, he's been a huge acquisition for us. And he's, he's one of the first guys off the bench. Him and the are just bringing, bringing the noise when they come on the floor. And, and it's just, it's just, it looks like a team that's ready to play playoff basketball again. Like this, and and they asked Giannis like how how do you feel after this, um, like how do you feel now your fifth win after a streak of fifth five straight losses like what do you, you know and he the answer was got to keep improving like and this is a, this is the mentality even even during the losing streak you knew this wasn't the definition of the team like this wasn't really that worrisome in the grand scheme of things it just sucks to see your guys losing back to back against the Raptors when you're like we're we're like the second seed in the East why are we losing to the Raptors but. Hey, whatever they're winning now, they're back on a five-game roll, and there's not a lot of complaints to have when that's happening. And oh, and also Giannis is dunking from practically the free throw line. So, um, and he's just the MVP. I mean, he's like MVP form still. It, it's oh yeah, this guy doesn't slow down. He's he's averaging like 35 in this la- in this five-game stretch. He's grabbing like 15 rebounds, six assists. He's playing defensive player of the year type defense. He's He's the Greek freak. I mean, there's no. It's it's hard to describe him in any other way. He's just a freak, an absolute. And when and when you have him on your team, no matter who's around him, he is going to be a problem for the for the other team. And he continues to show why he's the defend the two time defending MVP and is right is going to be right there again for a third straight. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And and he yeah. So he as you mentioned, he's the he's the second player in Bucks history to have thirty five plus points in a in a four game stretch. Um, and I would have to imagine that the only one other one that did that was Kareem. Um, I mean, just based on the profile of players who have come to the box, that's not disrespect to any of them, but just like Kareem is the only one that feels like it's capable of doing that. Um, and yeah, he just defensively, offensively, he's the centerpiece of this team. And we've, I think we've harped before, like, especially in the off season that like, you know, we were, we were wanting somebody to help lead the team and be like that point guard, right. Be that guy who's mm-hmm. calling the play is calling the offense. Um, and it hasn't quite come together in that formula. We don't have a, I mean, Drew is great. Like Drew, Drew can do it. And Dante's even stepped up and done it a little bit in, in his limited roles, but it's still not a like floor commander really out there. Um, but there's definitely like, there's, it, it's kind of illuminating now that when this team clicks, like Giannis is the floor commander and mm-hmm. it involves other people to communicate and like figure out that like, you know, they have to people. Other people have to be making shots so Giannis can get the space to do what he wants to do. But like when Giannis is on, then he can get draw three white jerseys to him and, and slide back there to Dante for an easy layup. Like it just and and you saw this time and time again in, in that game. And they would have a defensive stop and then go down and everybody would be like, oh my god, Giannis! And then somebody else would, would you know, Brook Lopez would be open in the corner for a three or or Chris would f- step up and make a shot. And by the way, that All Star snub might be the best thing to happen to him all season. He is playing lights out recently mm-hmm. like he is playing like a man pissed off that you didn't make the all-star game and and he has a i mean i don't he wouldn't have made the starting lineup but he deserves to have a complaint for not being named to the the alternates like 
you know, it's, 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 it's hard to make the all-star team as it is. There's a lot of good players in in this league. So there's always going to be somebody who's going to get snubbed, but, but doubting Chris might been a been might have been a huge mistake for the rest of the league because he has gone super saiyan recently. Yeah, and I mean he, that's, the other that's thing I noticed mean. watching live is he has a sneaky little spin move that he goes to a lot, and he we, I think because we've harped on him, I know I remember we have he, we harped on him for not being able to create create his own shot, but he hit the Kings defenders when I was watching live with like this little spin move, and I was like, oh okay, and mm-hmm. I saw I saw. Kawhi or, or or Paul do the same thing today, and I was like, it's not the same. But like he, right? He he's, can still he can still make some space. It's like he's leveling hey. up for sure. He's leveling up, and he he's definitely a guy who they need. Like if they're going to be in that conversation for, you know, titles, he needs to be playing on that level. He's been extremely efficient this season. I mean, he's shooting forty three percent from three. He is that he needs to be that number two guy. I mean, there's nobody else who's going to step up and be in that role, really. I mean, I mean, Drew Holiday, maybe, but, like, realistically, no. He's just not that kind of guy. And it's, yeah. And that's nothing against Drew. He's a, he's an all-around great player. He he plays fantastic defense. He facilitates. He's a good shooter, all that, all the above. But, I mean, Chris Milton is a all-star previously. Not this – obviously not this season, like you just said. But he needs to be stepping up in that role because – if he doesn't, then it's just Giannis, and then we we've seen what happens when that when that goes on. So yeah, definitely a big step for Chris, and you know, good on you. Like I said, like we said before, the man is uh, the man is leveling up and and playing pissed off, like we like you said. Yeah, he is absolutely pissed off, and this team is back on their form again. So we'll see how long it lasts before they fall into another three game for five game losing streak, <laughs> because that seems to be how this buck season goes. But oh, yeah. I think we're sitting 21 and 13 now. So can't really complain too much when that's your record. Yeah. Sitting pretty, sitting looking, pretty right now. Looking back Eastern like the, who they were before. So exactly. Go Bucks. Yes. So let's move on from basketball and uh, get a little hockey talk. Hockey talk. Hockey talk. Let's talk some hawks. The surprising Chicago Blackhawks, uh, a team that before the season I was very down on, I think for good reason. Uh, You look at this roster, it is probably one of the least recognizable rosters in terms of just like name recognition uh, for like a casual NHL fan to look at and be like, oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. Like we have, you know, you obviously have Patrick Kane, you have Jonathan Taze, but Taze has been out. Um, He's out indefinitely. We don't know. When he'll be back, if he'll ever be back. Lots of rumors flying around the internet that I don't really want to get into, like I've mentioned before. Um, and then you have Kirby Doc, another guy who's been out for for the for the whole season so far. Um, our our best young player, um, but they've been able to put it together this season. I mean, seriously, playing better than I could have even imagined. Um, they currently sit fourth in their division. So this season in the NHL, it's all split into divisions and you only play within against those, I think like eight teams about each division, yeah, seven, eight teams. It's always so, been a divisional sport, but now they're just strictly now going it's like divisions. Strictly like yeah. you are playing these seven teams 55 times throughout the season. Yeah. Like, so, you know, they're in a division. The central division this year is Tampa, uh, the Florida Panthers, Dallas Stars, Nashville, um, the Carolina Hurricanes, Detroit Red Wings, and the Blackhawks. So the Blackhawks currently sit fourth in a, t- I mean, in realistically a pretty tough division when you look at it. You have a team like Tampa, defending Stanley Cup champions. Did you say the Blue Jackets uh, too? Aren't they in there? Blue, yeah, sorry, that's the eighth team. Okay. The Blue Jackets are the eighth team. So a team like 
like I said, Tampa defending Stanley Cup champions. Carolina is right in there. Um, Florida has been much better than everyone expected. Um, and then, of course, Nashville, Dallas. Dallas was in the Stanley Cup last year, um, losing to Tampa. So, you know, it's not an easy one, especially the Blackhawks coming in. I did not expect – I expected them to be fighting for the bottom with the Detroit Red Wings. Um, but they've been better than I could have expected and have been – you know, using these young guys who seemed like not much to be right in the thick of it for the playoffs. You know, if the season ended today, the Blackhawks would be in the in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I, I think they take the top four from each division. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see where things go um, because they've been kind of lucky to with their schedule so far. They uh, they started obviously with um, a couple games against Tampa. We saw how poorly that worked out i think they were outscored about 10 to 3 in those two games it was to start the season i was like here we go it's gonna be a long one um as they got just ran off the ice back-to-back nights um but since then i mean they've been able to play six games against the against the detroit red wings who are probably the worst team in the nhl um they're they're five and one against them this year actually tonight is the sixth game they would i think they're playing in about five minutes from now um so once that's over, they're going to really get back into the meat of the schedule. They have a couple games this week against um, against Tampa once again, so we'll be able to see kind of a barometer for where they're at. They play Tampa, then they play the Panthers, um, and then they'll start getting back into it with uh, Dallas and Nashville, two teams who have been uh, experiencing a lot of issues with COVID. So they've had some COVID stuff. Huh? I'm looking so, at the I mean, I, right I, now. I think Dallas has only played like 12 games, whereas the Blackhawks have played like 22. Yeah. So Dallas, Dallas, Dallas is, is 16, but not good. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to make up so many games. So yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see how the schedule shakes out. Cause I mean, they're only playing 55, I want to say this year. So it, they're going to have to be shoving games together, playing like back to backs, like, one game at home, probably traveling the next day, maybe maybe back to back road games. All they're gonna have to make up all these games at some point. So hopefully the Blackhawks can take advantage of that and just kind of keep playing the way they've been playing. I mean, the guy who stands out the most from the roster is obviously Patrick Kane. <laughs> he has for, I mean, yeah, like color me surprised. The man has been an absolute dynamo his entire career, and he just continues to play at this MVP level. You look at the, the stats leaders in the NHL, like points leaders in the NHL. So for those who don't know, you get a point in the NHL from either an assist or a goal. Um, he currently sits at 31 points uh, through these first 22 games, 10 goals, 21 assists, and he's right in the thick of it. I think he's tied for third with guys like Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, these like young guns in the NHL and Patrick Kane is sitting there at 30 years old, obviously not like old, but like in comparison to these guys, these guys are like 22, 22 he's years he's still old. Got it. He's like, he's you hot shots still- can't run this shit yet. If the Blackhawks make the playoffs, I mean, he has a very realistic chance at being league MVP. I mean, re- like honestly, and, and, or at least in that top three, I think they get three finalists and then they have the NHL awards at the end of the year where they do the voting. Um, I mean, he has a realistic shot. If he keeps playing at this pace, he's one goal away from 400 for his career. Um, I think he'd become like the ninth American all-time to do that. Um, so I the guy heard, is the guy's a freak. I think I heard earlier this week he had at one point six points across five periods, which is he, which for even even for Patrick Kane standards, that's 
That's ridiculous. Yeah. And he <laughs> and he plays all I mean, he plays on every line. He's played with every different combination you can, and he just makes guys better because he is a guy who can set it up. He makes Alex Debrinkit into a guy who can score 40 goals in a season. He makes a guy like Pius Suter, who's our our young stud centerman who's really stepped up this season, he makes him a better player. He's the kind of guy, he's like a point guard out there. He he facilitates, he knows where to put the puck, he sees the play developing before it happens, and he's just able to, like clockwork, set guys up in the perfect position. He'll be like, hey, here, here you go, kid, here's a wide open net for you. I know exactly where the goalie's going to move, I know exactly where to place it so you have a wide open shot and you're going to get your, you know, your 25 goals and, you know, get into that level of becoming a, you know, he gets guys paid is what he does. He gets yeah. guys to get big contracts because he gives them 30 goals in a season and goes, here you go. And, you know, just buy me a drink while you're at it. Something, you know, something along those lines. But I mean, he's, he's the best. <laughs> There's really no way to put it. I love, I love watching him play and it's been really fun watching the Blackhawks this year. I've been, you know, I'm, I am very upfront about it. I am definitely a, a fair weather fan when it comes to the Blackhawks. I've never been much into hockey, but you know, when they were winning, I was, I was leading the bandwagon. I was hopping on. I was, I was marching down the street with the flag high in the air and I'm I'll continue to do it this season because they're actually, they're actually fun to watch much like the bulls. I mean, they're a team that goes out there and scores like five, six goals in a game. I mean, they don't play great. the The blue jackets. And I swear to God, if I see one more score alert, come back six, five Blackhawks, from a fucking Blue <laughs> yeah. Jackets Blackhawks game, I'm going to lose my shit. Like they've it's had, it's ridiculous the yeah. clip that they score at. Mm-hmm. And they've been really turning it on this last month. Like February was a huge month for the Blackhawks and really put them in the position they're at now. And we'll see how March goes. Like I said, it's this is where the schedule is going to beef up a little bit, and we we might see a little bit of a downswing, but. Honestly, it's probably for the best because this team needs to stay the course. Like this is a team that's in a rebuild and we should not let this early success this season change that. Obviously, go for the playoffs, like go for broke, why not? Um especially with, you know, missing two of your biggest pieces on the roster, like why not see who can stick around? See who can play in those big games in April, like who are the guys who you want on your roster? And we have decisions to make a lot of young guys who are on these like one, two year deals that we need to make decisions on. So see where they're at, but also remember this is a team that is rebuilding a roster that is very underdeveloped, you know, has not had the experience for playing in big games and just keep having fun. I mean, really that's all, that's all you can say. And I will also say, hand up, I was a little hard on Jeremy Colleton before the season. I'll say it. He has, he has been a lot better than I thought he was. He seems to have the locker room. He seems to have their attention. They're not, they're not you know, revolting against him, so that's a good sign. And he's, been a, he's a big culture guy. If you listen to his, if you listen to his uh, press conferences, he has a lot of buzzwords, culture, uh, you know, practice, development. Cohesiveness. Yeah, like et cetera. It's like a fucking Chicago Bears uh, front office guy. But um, he's young. He's the kind of guy who I could see kind of sticking with this team for a bit, you know, and sort of growing with them. And hopefully, you know, eventually we're back looking at a team that's competing for Stanley Cups, but not now. I mean, definitely not now and not next year probably. But, I mean, Patrick Kane, like I said, he's amazing. I love him. And he deserves to be to be playing on teams that are – 
competing. So, you know, get on the Blackhawks. I'm happy to see them and uh, see them playing well and hopefully it continues because it's been, it's been exciting, especially after such a shitty fall and summer of Chicago sports with the Cubs and with the Bears, you know, to now see the Bulls and Blackhawks kind of, you know, being in every game and, you know, putting together some, some pretty good streaks, you know, it's exciting. So that's really all I can say as far as the Blackhawks go. We'll see where they where they head, but Stan Bowman, just stay the course, man. No no need to get cute and try to make like a big splash move. Just stay the course. Let's keep let's keep this rebuild going. Let's build up the young guys and uh you know, give Patrick Kane another shot at a Stanley Cup down the road. There you go. Yeah. Man. Absolutely. Stay the course and please stop beating beating up on my blue jackets, please. Please, please, please. <laughs> no. Um <laughs> Now let's get to let's get to the last uh, item on the docket. Um, well, you know, last week we had a, a lot of talk about quarterbacks, um, current NFL quarterbacks, guys who have uh, been in the league, been all around the league. You know, um, but now we're going to focus on the guys who are coming up, the guys who are these draft prospects. It's draft season, NFL mock draft season. We saw. Mr. Mel Kuyper Jr., uh, Sam the Eagle-looking ass, um, come out with his first mock draft of the season. It was, I think it was two, but either way, okay, it was yeah. just as garbage first, as the first, so nobody's first paying attention. Tra- his first ever one with trades included. So, Oh, yeah. Really yeah, big so, groundbreaking so stuff from you, Mel. So happy for you, Mel. So uh, let's, let's uh, do our own Can't wait to watch uh, your draft. chaotic hair on draft night. <laughs> Let's absorb your brain analysis. finally yeah um let's talk some some quarterbacks sorry i don't know uh, i promise <laughs> let's talk some quarterbacks uh a team that is apparently in on every single quarterback who's on the market um my chicago bears we're we're you know I mean, why that looking, is right because we're looking for someone and it's because your beat writers are looking for clicks <laughs> yeah definitely what I quarterback mean, can i link them to today every name that comes out we see i mean like well, Russell Wilson himself just announced that he he the Bears are on his list. Um, that one, see, I actually could see something to that one because here's and here's why. Be excited. Say, so, I was going to ask you. I guess we can talk about this now. the The likelihood of either of him or well, I was to do a couple last button topics at the end of the podcast. We can do it now. We'll talk. This is football. We're talking about football now. What do you think is the likelihood that either Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson get traded? <sighs> I, I feel start. like I'll, I'll start. I, yeah, go ahead. You just go ahead. Go ahead. Watson, I feel like is going to be a like it, he has made it well known. He's not going to be could be playing another snap there, right? Mm-hmm. And he has signed a giant contract. He has all these endorsements. He has money at the Wazoo. I think he incurred like three million dollars in fines if he sits and misses the season. He doesn't. That doesn't pocket bother change. him one bit. Yeah, exactly. Pocket change. As Brett Coleman tweeted out, like this man grew up in the projects, like on a house that was donated to his family because they were that poor and, a, and lived with a single mother. Like there's nothing you can do that's been harder than what he's already experienced in life. Like, right. sorry, it's not going to happen. So he mm. is, I have, I put it at hundred percent odds and I say the absolute latest he gets traded. I think um, at, at one point I felt like he would go into the season. Like they'd try and call his bluff all the way until then. But I feel like now what's going to happen is like, Basically, I think the Jets, what's going to happen is they're going to wait and see if if the Jaguars are stupid enough to not to pass up on Lawrence. 
And then if he doesn't go, then they go in on 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 Watson. They trade yeah. they trade the farm for him. That's okay. my prediction. It could yeah. happen sooner with another team. They could ante up and just pony up and pay what what the Texans are looking for. Although they reportedly aren't looking for anything because they're not going to trade him. Which whatever, be stupid to Texas if that's what you want to do. Right. Of course they're going to say that. Um, but Wilson, I don't think is. I would put it at like thirty percent odds. Like yeah. I don't see that one very likely. He's got another year in his contract. It's a team that's that's still trying to win, wants to win. Um, I think the problems could be worked out, but I think it does spell that his career isn't permanently in Seattle. And mm-hmm. and I very much buy the the noise about Chicago. And here's why. Chicago is a team we've talked about, an elite defense that when they play the way they're supposed to play is one of the best in the league. They're probably mm-hmm. why you got to the playoffs this year. Like, cause let's be real. It wasn't oh, Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky who was doing that. Oh, for sure. No um, question. So, so it, if you can, and, and look who just won the Super Bowl off a roster that was built completely up and just needed a quarterback. Right now. Think about Russell Wilson saying, I can do that too. And I mean, if there's another team that's more primed for a way to make a career out of your, or make a, make a, not a career, make a name out of yourself, make a long lasting name. Like how long would it take roughly for Russell Wilson to become the most endeared bears player in all of franchise history? Like one win. He'd have a, he'd have a statue immediately, immediately. He'd have a statue. Yeah. yeah. Cause we've talked about it before and this is the era of the, of the passer, right? But the bears never seen a 4,000 yard passer. They've never seen a quarterback who's uh, even considered a top 10. Seen in a the quarterback league. who's thrown 30 touchdowns in a season. There like, you go. 30 touchdowns. Like, and, and Russ, Oh, he can do both those. And also, by the way, he can run the ball. Like I just like it to me, I'm not like I'm not saying it's a done deal. He goes to Chicago, but I I buy the noise. I buy the noise. No, I, I very much see that happening. Realistically, I I see Pete Carroll being let go from Seattle before Russ leaves. I think I think the front office would probably do everything in their power to keep Russ there while they have the weapons they have. But I think if any if he's going to go anywhere, I feel like the Bears are about as good of an option as there is. You know, I mean, New Orleans was mentioned. I don't see them going for for Russ really. Um, and then Dallas, who knows what they're up to, anyways. The Raiders. Why would you, why would you pay a million fucking dollars for Russell Wilson when you can pay the same a million dollars for Dak Prescott, who is right. younger and also just as good? Mm-hmm. Exactly. They already have it set. The Raiders. Was, I said the Raiders. Who even knows what they're up to? I, I mean, I honestly could never you imagine know Christian Russell Wilson in Las Vegas, Sin City? <laughs> It's literally in the name. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I would love to see him on the Bears. I don't expect that to happen realistically, but, I mean, I'd, I'd say he has down on my He has I'd an out. Oh, go ahead. Again. You'd what? I'd become born again. For born sure. again. <laughs> <laughs> you revert back to, the, to an infant? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One who is my life missionary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and Russ, I think, has an opt. I don't know how, if it's a team option or a player option, but there's a way he can get out of his contract after the next season. So I would, you know, to me, it sounds like he is really legitimately fed up with the way Seattle's running things and and fed up that he doesn't get control over it um, or at least have input into it. And if he believes he can do that in a place and there's a place willing to give it to him, it's probably the dumbasses in Chicago that would do it, but it wouldn't be a dumbass move. Like, like you wait another year, you let them just draft whoever they're going to draft this year, and hopefully that's that's improvement to what they already have. 
and and then also by the way what's the biggest recruit you saw this year with brady what's the biggest recruiting chip of all time a star quarterback in a brand new city Mm-hmm. How many players are going to come flocking to Chicago if the defense is still as good as they, they have been? And, oh, yep. by the way, Russell Wilson's the quarterback now. Yep. Yeah, I mean, according – I'm looking at this statement from uh, Mike Garofalo from NFL Network. He was on a uh, station in Seattle, and he said the Bears are reciprocating the interest. Like, of course they are because if they get mentioned by one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, no, no shit they're going to be pushing v- – persistently to show that they are extremely interested in Wilson as much as or more than he is interested in them. Because I mean, this, is, this was just a statement by his agent. Like, I mean, we really don't know exactly what the, what the deal is, but to even see the bears listed on that, on that four team list, I was like, Oh, let's all right, let's go. Like do everything in your power to make this happen. And We'll see. I, I really don't expect a lot. I honestly don't even want a quarterback in the hands of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, like in any <laughs> in any circumstance, because we see what they've done and and how they've you know ruined Mitch Trubisky and brought in Nick Foles. There was and, no saving Trubisky to begin with. The the, the ruining of Mitch Trubisky was drafting him second overall. Right. I mean that's <laughs> that's where it started. And then they didn't do anything to make him better. So it's like you know whatever. We've I've waxed poetic. <laughs> on this podcast probably like 15 full episodes about how much i hate the bears front office and all that but let's talk let's move on to the guys who are who are on this uh on this the board current, this draft. yeah on the board so i mean realistically we're looking at i'd say five names in the first round you know you got you got trevor lawrence the you know no question number one guy. I mean, if if Urban Meyer is silly enough to not choose him first overall, he should be fired immediately. Um, we did see him at the Clemson Pro Day almost salivating on the field watching him watching him play. Masked. Uh, watching him Masked throw the ball. Sunk yeah. from all the drool. Yeah. <laughs> it was turning a different color. Um, <laughs> and the, falling off his face. Right. Oh, wait, so, that was using the straps that he wasn't wearing properly. So Trevor there. Lawrence, we'll just, he's off the table. He's, he's going number one. If he doesn't, he's number two. It's like, there, you know, he's not getting past the Jets. Um, yeah, and if he gets to the Jets, they'll be, going, <laughs> they'll be sprinting to the draft they'll table. They'll probably trade back for <laughs> Kyle Pitts anyway. So, um, <laughs> so, I mean, then you have, you have, the guy. Okay, so let's talk about long shots in terms of the Bears. I mean, there's there's Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. I think they're both long shots. I think they're gone within the top five, realistically. If they're not, they're gone within the top ten. And I don't see the Bears moving. Well, I shouldn't say that. I could see the Bears moving up to get to draft those guys, but I just don't think it makes sense. Like to to draft a guy like one of those guys in a year where the Head coach's contract is going to be up. The general manager's contract is going to be up. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, what do you think in terms of like trading up to get a guy like like Zach Wilson or Justin Fields? I'm sick of the Bears trading. Um, right. I mean, there's just no point. I'm sick of it happening, but at the same time, I could absolutely see it happening yet again because this front office loves to trade and they think they have the the answer, right? And and we are saying this before free agency. Who the f- knows what happens? Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking at an owner in Dallas who might be stupid enough to let his franchise quarterback walk and not franchise tag him. So mm-hmm. I think all expectations are that he does. But like, if there were other things to happen, 
Um, I mean, there could be quarterbacks that we don't even know that are free agents or other players. We don't even know that are free agents that are coming back to, and then that Chicago could put their, could put their name in the hat for. Right. Right. But no, as far as draft things like Lawrence goes one, um, I, I don't buy that Wilson increases over, over fields yet. I think they're both top five guys, but I think field still goes, but like those three guys are gone. And so in that regard, don't, don't be trading up for Zach. Wilson. I'm not, yeah. Like, I'm not even like, those aren't even in my mind. Really. Yeah. Like, those yeah. Three guys are just like, they're all off the table. Cause it's going to so cost so much come... capital to do it. So it, as, right. you, as you said, it comes down to two guys. It comes with Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Right. And I kind of think you just have to see where they fall. Like mm-hmm. that's like, I mean, you're not like actively hunting them, but like if one of them ends in your lap, like like that we've looked at many mock drafts, one of them being the ringers one who has Mac Jones falling all the way to 20 where right. the Bears sit. Like if, if Mac Jones is available, do you think there's any way the Bears don't draft him? Um I I I I think there's very much a way they don't draft him. There's not a way they should not draft him. If that makes sense. They should absolutely so draft fair, him. Think, yeah, I mean, if I he's think at so twenty too. because here's the thing with quarterbacks, right? We've you've seen so many guys picked and not work out. You know, it happens all the time. But you, yeah. I, but when you hit, yeah, exactly. But not even then. You know, there's sure, sure, sure. There's so many names. The list is, yeah. goes on forever. Yeah. But when that when that name hits and it works out and you're able to build around that team, you're set for ten years. So it doesn't really matter what you do with the front office or the head coach after that. You still have your guy coming in. And unless Mac Jones come, it was to fall and would just absolutely go out and shit the bed and look worse than Mitch out there, which I don't see in his – well, I do see it in his range of outcomes. I don't see it very likely happening because mm-hmm. um, he's a better college talent than than Trubisky was. But unless he comes out and absolutely just like completely is the worst quarterback we've ever seen, like I'm talking to Sean Kaiser levels of bad out there, I don't see how he would not survive into a next regime should they get rid of Pace and Nagy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if there's quarterback sitting on the board and it's Mac Jones, I say beef up your offensive line and go for it because the guy, the guy reminds me of like they say they say Matt Ryan. I feel like it's a good comp. He reminds me of a quarterback who's like really really good at commanding a pocket and also like surprisingly a little bit mobile. Like I wouldn't call him like like actually mobile like he can he'll run for it and he can pick it up when he needs to right but he's not like he won't be ever getting a designed run like he's like brady in his 20s or he's brady in his late 20s level of agility right or like improvising type of yeah yeah like when 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 nothing's open downfield he's not afraid to go scramble and get the first down and move the chains 10 yards but but he's not gonna be like trevor lawrence i i we're taking two white boy quarterbacks here but Zach will if if Trevor if Zach Wilson I guess is um is well I'll say agility wise or physic physicality wise if he's Brady or Matt Ryan I feel like Trevor Lawrence is Justin Herbert does that make sense like yes, like much definitely. more agile like so and Mac has all the arm count. talent that Trevor does he he can throw it with any of them I mean look at sure. I go back to one pass all the time the the. And there's about 45 examples of him because they hit the, hit on this route all the time. But the touch pass, or the the way he floated a ball, and it was in the championship game, and it was to Devontae. I think it was Devontae Smith. I think it was like a 30 or 40 yard touchdown. Might have even been longer. But he just drops this ball in on a dime, and and it wasn't the only time he's ever done that. Like he just he has the he has everything you need in a quarterback. Right. He's the everything that people are looking for nowadays is this mobility factor, which. 
which he doesn't quite have to that same extent. So that's why he's sitting at 20 and could potentially right. be picked. But it's it's rare to see a guy who can put together that, like, the mobility that everybody wants with the arm talent. I mean, how many guys are in the NFL that have that, you know? Well, and that's why Trevor Lawrence is qualified number one. Right, exactly. That's That comes around once in every ge- generation, once in every – maybe once a draft class, maybe. Yeah. Like, that's, I think, and that's pushing it. I think if Herbert had more – of a resume in college, like like I don't talking of resume of opponents that he beat. I mean, yeah. his profile still. You go watch him; he looks incredible. Well, and actually, love, I wouldn't even go that. Love far. Justin Herbert. Love yeah, him. I wouldn't even go that far because because there were some questions about like like his good was good, but his bad was bad. Was bad, yeah. Like, in college, and now it's it's kind of been refined this year in his in in his appearance. Like he's improved every every game. Unbelievable. Um, but like that's why that's why I feel like it's a perfect count for Lawrence because Lawrence feels like where Trevor or Lawrence feels like where Herbert was at the end of the season, but he's coming yeah. out of the draft. Sure, but yeah, I, does does it worry you at all looking at Mac Jones and seeing the talent he had around him? Do you think that is sort of like masking how good? Like, say he was on Ole Miss, is he doing the same things he's doing when he's on Alabama, surrounded by an elite offensive line, amazing weapons, like? NFL type receivers on his on either side of him in Waddle and Smith is he doing those same things in your opinion? Yeah, because just because a wide receiver that runs runs himself open with elite route running doesn't mean you can hit him. Sure. I mean he's still got he's still got to deliver the balls to the spot where yeah. you need to catch him. And you That's go funny. watch his tape. Like I mean we I think we both we both watched Lawrence. Have you? Yeah. Who have you? Who have you watched, watched of these five? I've watched Lawrence. I've watched um, Jones, and I've watched Fields. So I okay. haven't. I haven't watched Lance and I haven't watched um, uh, Wilson. Wilson, yeah, Wilson's. I've seen Wilson's, Wilson. I, I haven't watched like their game. Like I've seen Wilson throughout the season, obviously. Right. And I, saw, and I watched Lance like his highlight tape, but nothing like break down the way I did with like the other three guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't. Yeah, the film studies it's just different. Totally but, different. Yeah. But yeah, no. So like Lawrence, the big. I mean, like let's just do a 10 second takeaway on every guy, right? So Lawrence, like my thing is, I never saw a throw that he didn't miss. Like once and if in he a did, yeah, once in a generation, right? And the, he's Manning or like best, I'd say best QB prospect since like Andrew Luck, where it's like surefire, like this guy's coming out of college and he is the number one pick and he is going to come in and immediately make your team better. Yeah, and because it's on, it's on the play. He can run wherever, he can throw wherever. It doesn't matter. He's got it yeah. covered. He's yeah, bona fide stud. Yeah. Wilson to me, his tape was a tale of evolution. I went back and watched one of his games from, I think it was the 2019 season, and it was atrocious. Right. But then you watch it compared to, like, the Coastal Carolina game this year. And the guy, the guy, they didn't win that game, I don't think, but the guy made plays left and right. Like they, And he, he has the same mobility. The accuracy isn't quite there, but he definitely – and he's he's tough as nails, too. He, mm-hmm. like, he'll compete until the, the final whistle. So I think the ringer put it perfectly when they they comped him as, like, Baker. I yeah, think he's yeah. – that's a very good comparison. Like, undersized in terms of, like – what everyone thinks a quarterback should be, but mobility and just, he's a gamer. He yeah. will go out there. He doesn't, he, and he like, I love the swag. I love the, like the, the smack talk. And yeah. like, he just knows so he's good. Knows. He knows he's good. Yeah. He knows he's good. Yeah. And he, you know, yeah, absolutely. He knows he's good. He's not afraid to like go out and just own the game. Right. Um, fields for me, fields. It depends on where he lands. Fields is a great, I mean, um, you know, mobility and running wise, probably one of the best quarterbacks I've seen do that. Like he is mm-hmm. incredible athletically. 
and he has accuracy when he needs to. But like the problem everybody points to is one read stuff, which is a kind of an OSU system thing. If he sits and he's in the right situation and learns, say, behind Matt Ryan or a quarterback, like who's somebody who's needing a quarterback who also has a quarterback that they can't get rid of for another year or two, mm-hmm. that's a perfect situation. Like I'd rather him go somewhere where like the team still is like, okay, we're not going to be like, you're not going to be out there this year. And right. cause, cause he's just doesn't seem, I, he needs to learn how the pro game is different than college. I would love to see him go to a place like Carolina. Um, I yeah, think he'd be great there. If they suffer like, one more year at Bridgewater. Yeah. Or like San Fran. Like, I feel like he'd be, he could, he could really learn a lot. But, and like to put him in an offense with a guy like Matt Rule or a guy like yeah. Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. I feel like he could learn a lot. And I feel like the one read thing, I, I know that was like a huge, like a huge thing, especially like I feel like I saw it on a TikTok and it kind of blew up after that. But looking back at his tape or what I've seen of it, I feel like he has been more, he has been able, he's very good at improvising. He, um, and he's able to, to make those different reads when he needs to. But like in that game against, who was that against uh, Clemson? He just didn't need to make those reads because he had his guy streaking sixty yards down the field. Like, throw it up and he'll go get it. Like, you yeah, know, it's just that's those the kind strength. Of happen. That's the strength of the OSU system. Like a good yes. college team. Like in a good pro game, you have a guy who can make plays whenever, right? And do like the quarterback can call the plays. Like, like that's the that's the big thing where gets where a lot of quarterbacks burn out from college to tr- pro transition is in the pro game you are now the commander because that that microphone in your head shuts off after 15 seconds you have to read what that defender is doing also what that one's doing and who's going open where right in college you have all these tendencies you go out there you set a new year formation then everybody pauses looks towards the sideline gets a new play call and right. runs that so w- right. which was what that means is they're diagnosing the game i just have to do what they tell me to and that's go to my first read in the osu system which has worked flawlessly for years because it always gets a guy open he's not throwing to a guy in traffic when he's throwing into his first read he's throwing to a guy who has been schemed open because of three receivers bunched to one side and they ran or they ran they ran a route that the defender can't pick up like that's why he throws the first read so he's not you're absolutely right he's not a guy he can he can do it when he needs to and he improvises he knows when to tuck the ball and just go i mean look at the northwestern game he drug that team back with two mm-hmm. of their top wide receivers out of the game like he he single-handedly brought them back him and the runner the running back i he done single-handedly but the running game brought them back into that too oh, but yeah, he that, crazy yeah but he no he he definitely will could transition if he goes to he's, one of those places that is has yeah. and and you're seeing it I mean you're seeing the college game leak into the pro game a little bit you're not going to get rid of that whole aspect of like the quarterback like marshaling the offense but like it's become lateral movement pre snap motion oh sure you know using formations to get a guy open bubble screens jet sweeps like that's the game that's been becoming yeah. it's not all about you know, line your tw- 12 guys up and run straight at each other. 11 guys. Yeah, there's so, straight. there's so many guys coming into from these college systems. Like, like you're seeing it all over the NFL. So it, it's not, it, he's not going to be coming in and being like, it's not gonna be like culture shock. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no. he's going to come in and like, he has all the talent. He He'll just need- needs to be able to transition. And it's, I mean, he's going to have to like kind of live with the idea that like Ohio state quarterbacks, like when was the last time a Ohio state quarterback came in the NFL and was like, it really? hasn't happened like, in like 30 years. Ever? Like, yeah, no, it's, it's been, a, and that's why I think he gets like, why people ha- like harp in on his negatives is because mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. Like, like, you know, you get all these guys and n- none of them are really drafted high. I don't, I can't even remember the last one that was drafted really high. Like, I mean, Haskins was drafted. Well, Haskins like 15, was, but he's a but scumbag. Many so. would argue, I say many would argue he has the talent. He just can't 
keep his head out of his ass for five seconds. The, yeah, he doesn't have so, the like. The and he's got a huge chance to prove himself. Ability. He's going into Pittsburgh, and even though they're bringing Roethlisberger back, like he's. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, he got picked up. It was pretty like quiet because yeah. So he's got that's an organization that'll whip him into shape, and you know, mm-hmm. so he's either gonna survive and actually get a shot to play because he's better than Dwayne or better than. Um, Helmet Rudolph. Uh, Rudolph, thank you. Um, he's better than Rudolph. I love how I went to the helmet thing is the first thing to remember. Yeah, I mean, that's all we know him as. So. Yeah, right. Because he sucks everywhere else. No, he's better than yeah, Rudolph. Right. And yeah. and Roethlisberger's old as shit, so he's gonna get a chance to play sure. if he if he does his if he plays his cards right. So right. Um, getting off track here. Yeah, no. <laughs> Fields Fields can definitely make it. He needs a coach, as you said, like Matt Rule, like Shanahan, who can teach him the ropes and really help them develop, like help him see the game because that's that's the thing that's why Mahomes sat on the bench for a year because they needed to help him learn the game and transition Mm -hmm. from the air raid style of tech texas tech to a true pro game and also help learn how they can adapt their game to his but look how well they worked out there's no way that that, there's no reason that can't be fields right and i think there is something to the idea of kind of like feeding them to the sharks and sort of throwing them out there and letting them learn on the fly but i think a guy like fields will be at his best in a situation where he is behind a a capable starting quarterback yeah. who's sort of on the way out like like you said Matt Ryan I think to go to go to Atlanta and be in that Arthur Smith the offense that has been that was so good in in Tennessee and turned Matt, uh, Ryan Tannehill into a stud quarterback all of a sudden um would be a great situation for him to be behind Matt Ryan who is probably on his way out after this season and then to be able to step into that role and be the the guy would be perfect for him so incredible you know and yeah. then let's we got one more guy trey lance i mean what are your what are your thoughts on him yeah lance is lance is to me the biggest unknown like his physicality like his physical attributes again like his athleticism is out of this world you know you go back and you watch the one game he played this year um and it was all he did it all on the ground like the passing game wasn't really there but he, I mean, he ran for a giant touchdown. I think he even ran for two or three touchdowns. So he's a guy that has to end up in the right spot. Like this is where, this is to me where it gets like kind of here is where it has to be like, it's him and Mac that have to end up in a spot that's going to be able to tailor and work towards them. Um, because, and yeah, I, we keep referring back to the ringer. The ringer mentions San Francisco here. I don't know if I really like that fit. Um I don't know where I like, but it has to be a, a again a, a team that's willing to work with him and grow with him and help him grow because you can't just throw him to the wolves immediately week one next year and see what happens. He's not that polished. He's not that ready. He's only played 16 games in his entire college career and he only played one this past year. So the real last mm-hmm. real NF like meaningly or meaningful snap of football that he's taken was over a year and a half ago at this point. So just going to be a lot of work on him, um, which is probably why. I could see a world where Matt goes before him. It depends on what the team is I looking so. for. I can see that too. It depends on what see, the team is looking for. Yeah, but. I could see Trey Lance going to a place like, I mean, this might be, I'm interested to see what you would think, but I could see him going to a place like New England, um, a team that is kind of still searching for that guy and Bill Belichick, you know, taking on a project. You know, he had a guy like Cam Newton last year who we saw early in the season showing flashes of kind of going back to his like old ways of, Running the ball and Matt and Trey Lance is a big dude. He's six four two thirty. Like that's that's a big man in that backfield. And to be able to like draw up run design plays for him would probably uh, get any anyone excited, especially Bill Belichick. Yeah. So I could definitely I just, see him being grabbed 
in that like I think they're like fifteenth, sixteenth range. Like yeah, yeah, he's so. a he's a team's quarterback. I just worry about specifically New England because I don't. I, Trey Lance is a guy that I don't want to see starting week one next year. Right. He's, I see, yeah. So so like I'd want if if he was to go to you know New England, I'd hope that Cam was back in on a cheap deal. Which which Cam would be a perfect mentor for him. Show him the ropes. Oh, like sure. those are the it's it's a game that translates really well. The guys probably got arm, better arm strength than Cam I does. Think so too. But I think so too. but they have the same profile. Like they're a mobile quarterback who throws really well. Like that's I mean, so it would be a great fit. But I just hope that Cam or somebody was back to help show him how to how to run how to run and how to learn. Especially going into that system from going. From, no offense to North North Dakota, but. Or South Dakota, what, what's North Dakota? North Dakota, State, North Dakota, North Dakota thank you. State, yeah, yeah. No offense to them, but like going from that FCS system, which is to the Patriot way, it's like, whoa, hello, wake up, yeah, like, and then, not that it's a not. I'm not criticizing the program. North Dakota State's a really yeah, yeah, yeah. impressive program, but like, like just, it, it's first... hard enough to transition to the NFL as it is. If you're going to New England as your yeah. first spot, like, whoa. <laughs> They just had their first loss actually in about 40. They had a 40 game winning streak yeah. over the last, I think, four seasons. Like since Carson Wentz was there, they had won, they had been undefeated, like back to back to back national champions. First game they have where Trey Lance is not playing and they lose to Southern Illinois. Say, and it was like 38 14 or something. It wasn't crush. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, close. Yeah, crush. So definitely, I think he's probably the biggest wild card when it comes to uh, this draft, and I'm really interested to see where he's going to land. And you know what team that I could see picking him up is Denver. I could see uh, John Elway being very intrigued by him. He loves a tall quarterback. Um, I feel like they're kind of out on Drew Locke, yeah. and um, I think they're they're ready to move on, even though it's been pretty quick. I think they're ready to, to make some moves. Well, Drew Locke just doesn't have it, and they, they kind of they right. showed this year. They, they surrounded him with, with Jerry Judy. They surrounded him with a bunch of good talent, you know, mm-hmm. Fant, Sor- Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, and even drafted more depth. KJ Hamler, like they had, they had weapons all yeah. over the place. Melvin just, Gordon, really Philip Lindsay, and he just didn't do it. So yeah, yeah it's the book's written on him. Um, mm-hmm. And then, then that brings us to our boy Mac, which we mentioned a little bit. Um, as you said, I think he's a guy that is, um, you know, really needs a good offensive line. Um, he's a, very much a pocket passer. Um, I would have loved if the Colts had hadn't traded for Carson Wentz if he had ended up there by some stroke like that. I mean, that would have been Dreamland. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> I feel like that was like the name that just kept coming up where everybody was like, if a quarterback goes there, they are just going to be in the perfect position. Like, well, and uh, and it's true. Like they're they're another team that feels like they're only a quarterback away, but. But Mac just feels. He's I mean, think about it. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Um, but you think about who they've had as a team. You know, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. You can throw Rivers in there for a season because he still worked in the Indianapolis system and token of quarterback. Right. Like, like Mac just feels like he'd fall right into that line. So I just feel like. I mean, but it's Carson now, so we, we can't we can't say that. So that leaves Chicago, and how far does he fall now? Right? Is he going to go to twenty? Hey, um, who knows if he even makes it to twenty? Because I could see Washington grabbing him at nineteen. Like I could yeah. definitely see that happening. I they Ooh, don't. Rock, who do they have? They have uh, what's his name? They have Heineke. Heineke. So they have him, but it's like he's, he's not the future. And and Alex Smith is walking around on yeah. two legs made out of tinfoil. So. You know, um, how dare you disrespect one leg the comeback player of the year like that? One leg, it's made out of titanium, not tinfoil. <laughs> I saw how that was bandaged together. That is 
as some shaky t- uh, titanium. Um, but <laughs> I could definitely see him being gone by the time that, like, I could see him getting grabbed one pick before. And if that's the case, there is a name that keeps coming up for the Bears, and his name <laughs> is Kadarius Tony. Um, he is a six foot nothing speedster out of Florida, wide receiver, and he has been the name that has been outside of that ringer draft, that ringer mock draft. I have seen him almost everywhere as the guy who the Bears are picking up with that pick. He's a wide receiver, like I said. I found um, his like, tape finally. <laughs> there you go. Four, four three speed um, ability to. He's shifty. He is. Um, he's a. He has a good ability to return kicks. He is sort of a dangerous guy. He reminds me of a guy we have. Uh, stop me if you've heard this before. Stop me if I've uh, gushed about this guy enough. Darnell Mooney. <laughs> um, so the real question is. Do we want to spend a first-round pick on a guy who comps most with our other six-foot-nothing speedster receiver? No. No. No, no, probably not. Like That's not what you want, especially if we don't know what we're looking at as far as quarterback-wise. We're looking at Nick Foles right now. Um, So that really just goes out the window. So another guy who comes to mind is somebody who comps more closely to Allen Robinson, Rashad Bateman, um, wide receiver out of, um, out of Minnesota, six, two, um, big physical guy. He looks probably the most NFL ready outside of those top, um, two guys, obviously Jalen Waddle and Devonte Smith. They, they both look as ready as you can be, um, especially coming out of Alabama. It's like a pro system, obviously, we've seen in the past. Um, but Rashad Bateman, he had a fantastic 2019. Um, this season, he did choose to – I think – I want to say he played maybe like one game, but then he opted out. Yeah, he didn't so do he, a whole lot. He didn't play – I know Minnesota had their trouble with COVID. They didn't play like the full number of games. They were much worse than they were in 2019. They had a fantastic season. He was a breakout player. And I feel like he's the – like he has an NFL-ready body. He just had his pro day on Saturday. Um, he ran – or yesterday, I guess. Uh, he had a, he ran a 4-3-7 hand-timed um, 40. For a guy his size, that's – I mean, that's about as impressive as you can get right well, there. Well, he played five games this year. Oh, okay. He played well, five games, caught 36 balls for f- almost 500 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, in that I time, I'll take – I thought he out like immediately. That's Me really too. surprising. I, I, thought that, I thought that was the case, but, uh, you know, I guess my sources will have to be updated. Kayla, please update my sources. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so – you know, I think we're looking at if we don't grab a guy like if Mac Jones is not available, I think the Bears should go receiver because we don't know what's going to happen with Allen Robinson. Um, we're looking at a wide receiver room of Mooney and then a lot of question marks. So I think we need to build that up. Whoever is in that in that quarterback starting position next year needs to have people to throw to. And I think that grabbing a guy like Rashad Bateman would be in the best interest of this front office and in the best interest of this Bears offense you know um i'm not sure if you have any you know do you have any uh any word on the on the matter on bateman specifically 
Or just like on who you think the bear, like if, okay, so say all those five guys we've talked about are off the table. All five, all quarterbacks, all five quarterbacks are gone. Trask is the next guy up. I think Trask is a day two type of guy. Um, yeah, he's a second round. Well, I wouldn't even hate for the Bears to pick up in the in the second day. Like that doesn't that wouldn't really make me upset. Um, just to have a guy who can kind of build and a, a guy who is coming off a fantastic season, Heisman candidate season. Um, but so, by the way, going back to Bateman. So, I, yeah, so I'm, I'm answering. So, first of all, I'm going to answer who what I think about the two wide receivers and also what I think the Bears should do is uh, got that. Yeah. Um, mm. But going back to Bateman, he actually opted out initially. Mm. Then, then the Minnesota or the big 10 announced that they're going to play a football season. That's then, right. I forgot the big 10 was behind. That's right. Yeah. So then he, then he applied for reinstatement and got to play five there games. So he okay, played, okay. he played against um, Michigan, Maryland, Illinois, Iowa, and Purdue. And I mean, had some decent 300 yard games, two of those games with touchdowns. Um, the other one against Maryland, he only had 62 yards and um, he only had 59 against Purdue, but he was averaging like 15 yards or 10, 15 yards a catch. Like his lowest game, it was averaging 11 yards against Michigan. And then the rest of me was 12, 13, 13, 14. So, I mean, he still, he still tore it up in his limited stuff. Um, but T okay. So what do I think the bears should do? Bateman would be a huge pick just overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so not going to complain with that one. I think you'd have to, for me to commit to them getting a wide first round wide receiver. I'd want to see what their plan was with Allen Robinson. Um, right. He is up for franchise tag and probably should get the franchise tag. Definitely. Um, if was, I'm a, if I'm a Bears fan, I'm wanting that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we yeah. don't have the room. We just don't have the room on our offense to like be letting a guy like him walk. No, you, you know can't I mean? afford it. Like, I mean, and because no. because because here's why you franchise tag him. You either tag and trade him immediately and get stuff for him, or mm-hmm. you tag him. Concern yourself. You're you got cool him and Mooney running it back again. Got wide receiver set. Yeah. And then you have to then you have to focus on which I think is the biggest need is offensive line. Yes. I mean, if you. I don't. I don't think it's a good idea to run in next season with Nick Foles as the guy. But if Nick Foles is the guy, you need to protect his ass because he doesn't yeah. run. He doesn't move. Nope. So yeah. you need a pocket that's going to hold up so he can actually sit there for five seconds and make a decision to what to do with the ball. So that's why for me, I'm going to be looking heavily at offensive linemen and when it comes to the Bears and who do who do I think will be left at, at pick twenty. Um, you know, you're not going to get a guy like Penny Sewell. You're you're gonna have to be looking at like the third or fourth guy off the board. I don't know the Bears offensive line who's coming, who's going, but they need upgrades probably across the whole line. I would say. Yeah, um, I would say for the most part. So so I would just take I the best available lineman that's there, and I think mm-hmm. they should be attacking the late round lineman as well. Like you know, you get the guys. Obviously, you watched last year. Like a good tackle is gonna go in the first round, but you can yeah. get plenty of guards and tackles and centers and all everything you need. You know, in day two or day three, you find guys that are just big and heavy, and that's where you need to go. I mean, that's mm-hmm. to me. To me, I'm I'm all the way out. I haven't even watched his film. I watched a little bit of a highlight video of Tony, but I'm all the way out on him. He just does not seem like a scheme fit, or at least a, mm-hmm. a fit of what the Bears need going forward. Right. Um, I I much prefer. Well, everybody would say this, but I much prefer a body like Jamar Chase over a bar a body like Kadarius Tony because yeah, I, I mean you need or yeah, Bateman, you need that a Rob type body. You need an alpha you need wide the, receiver. The lightning with the th- the yeah, thunder exactly. with the lightning. Like, exactly. You need the you have the speed, you have the game breaking ability. You need the big body physical guy who can get up over a cornerback and make a play, and that is Rashad Bateman. Yeah. I'll, 
I mean, looking at his stats from his 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 best season, which was last year, 2019, uh, 60 catches, 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, 20 yards a catch. Like, this guy is about as NFL ready as you can yeah. get. And I think if he's there available at 20 and the Bears choose to get Kadarius Tony over him, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah, if Rashad Bateman's at 20, and that would be the most Bears thing to happen. If Bateman's at 20 and it's there and they take Tony, I don't know why everybody's mocking Tony to them, but don't do it. Although it just the ringer thinks the Browns are going to take him. So if they want to leave him on the board for till 26 and the Browns pick, I, sign me up. And I mean, I, shades of Michael Thomas, like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and he's what six, as you said, six, two, uh, two, two, two six. well, the height always changes. We'll wait for an official pro day metric to come up in the next few yeah. weeks here. But you know, you're t- you're talking not six zero six and change and at least two ten and you get him in an NFL weight room he's gonna put fifteen twenty more pounds on pretty easily. He's, not just, he's a big guy, but he has speed. Like I said, four three seven, yeah. like those feet and being able to have like that combined with the big body with the you know body control. You know, he's a guy who we like. I've been watching some highlights of him. He's really great at you know being able to control his body on the sideline. He can make plays over the middle. Um, he's got all the all the makings of a guy. If he had gone out last year, he probably would have been a top ten guy. Honestly. Oh yeah, he would have he would have gone with the likes of Justin Jefferson. He would have been. Exactly. I would have put him if he came out last year. I think I would have put him above. Oh, uh, I don't know who. I, well, it's hard. I think he goes above. He like, would be the third wide receiver off my board. I think I think Lamb and Judy like, go first, and then he goes, and then yeah. Jefferson goes. Yeah, right. he'd be he'd be wide receiver three on my board in last year's draft. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, everybody thought last year was a loaded wide receiver class. Just you wait. Just you wait till these guys good. get on the field. This is this is almost even more loaded than last. <laughs> it's really exciting. I'm really I'm really looking forward to the draft. I think it's and I think it's like realistically one of the more wide open ones outside of the first pick. I mean, we all know, barring yeah. barring some kind of miracle, we all know who's going to go number one. But then after that, it's like we could see a a slew of guys be and we could see trades we could see, i mean there's going to be a lot of moving parts in this draft a lot of teams are looking for quarterbacks are changing you know well, who has been who has been around for years or like a lot of teams could be trading back trading up like we could see a lot of moving parts like i said so it's going to be very interesting to watch that and that's the fun of draft season you never i mean that's these all these mock drafts come out and everybody thinks they know everything mm-hmm. about everyone and they're all dead wrong when you come to draft day because there's gonna be trade as you said there's always trades and moves and this guy falls and that guy gets picked way early and didn't see that one coming oh my gosh what about this one so and and as you said there's talent all over this draft class especially in the first round so countdown to draft day this is my favorite season <laughs> april april 29th april 29th two months and then, let, I mean, quickly, let's before we before we wrap up. I mean, do you have any thoughts on the Packers draft position? I know they're drafting twenty ninth, twenty eighth, something like that. So, I mean, do you? It's hard to kind of like look ahead and see like what you want in that position. But I mean, like, I know there are areas of need that you have been very vocal about what you think the Packers need to beef up. So, where where do you see them hopefully um, leaning towards in that in that position? Barring a free agent acquisition, best available linebacker. That's all I want. I mean, it's it's plain and simple. That's the that's the area that's been lacking. We need more depth. We've had plenty of players step up and do, do serviceable. I think even actually also, if you want to look at the um, transaction side of things, they let Christian Kirksey go and they let um, uh, Corey Lindsley go, I believe. So um, yes. 
so so Kirksey was not even really that good to begin with. And, and I mean, he's, he's fine. Don't get me wrong. He played for the Browns too. He was a great leader. He's a good guy. He's a decent body to have. He's not a bona fide like true line, like good elite linebacker play. And he gets hurt too much. So gone. Bye-bye. Not surprising. Um, but we, we need to, we need to replace that now. We've everybody's woeing the, the miss of, or the loss of Blake Martinez still from last year, which should never have been, uh, should never have been mourned in the first place. Like he wasn't, right. even, he wasn't even that good of a linebacker. So <laughs> that just shows you that this isn't the first year we need a linebacker. So please, for the love of God, don't draft whatever quarterback sitting there at 15 or whatever a wide receiver to be a secondary need. Um, if there's one that's sitting there that looks, looks nice. Um, I, Tony, I did actually, when I was looking him up, cause he was a prospect, I haven't quite heard a ton about yet. I did see him mock to a Packers to the Packers in one draft. Um, and, and we have two outside wide receivers in, um, in Devonte and, and, uh, Lazard, they're two big body guys. So sure. you would need that inside body to be a slot guy. That'd be a good fit. Um, I really just would love any sort of additional offensive weapon. But I think I think with how deep this class is, and if there's a good linebacker sitting there, I would that would be my priority. A number one is take the linebacker, then go wide receiver. If I'm if I'm in charge, but I'm not. So who 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 do yeah. who am I to say anything? Who knows? It's all it's all a toss up. It's it's all a gamble. Um, I mean, I think some great analysis there. I'm, I'm really excited to start looking more as as uh, as we get closer. We're about we're about a little, you know, around two months out from the from the actual draft day, April 29th. We're always looking forward to it. Um, hopefully, we'll get to be back in Roger Goodell's basement this year. Um, oh, I think I and, think we already are going to be back in the oh, basement. Let's go. That was that was must see TV. So I'm excited to see that <laughs> that kind of draft again. That beautiful cherry um, wood. Do you have anything else to add before we uh, before we get out of here? Um, I do not believe so. I think I'm good. Um, All right. I mean, baseball. We'll probably no, talk it's in more, Cleveland. You know, oh, more in the damn future. It. That's right. Oh, okay. We'll Cleveland. talk more in the future. Obviously, about you know baseball starting up, spring training getting going. Yeah. I think the White Sox, today, White Sox, first game. White Sox and Brewers had their first game today uh, against each other. Um, so you know, baseball, baseball's right around the corner. Regular season about to start up again. You know, we're going to see, uh, we're going to definitely get more into that as, it, as we get closer. But um, as always, thanks everybody for listening. Um, we really appreciate it. We love all the uh, support on social media and, you know, just keep making sure to share, make sure to listen, leave five star reviews um, or, you know, or any other star if you, if you think we have room for improvement, but just, just be nice, you know, just be nice when you, when it comes constructive to constructive criticism, comes to please. Exactly. <laughs> always constructive. Um, but you know, as I always say, thanks everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, and we look forward to bringing you more, more war on 94 in the future. Um, for Evan, this is Frank. This is the war on 94 podcast. Thanks for listening. Fuck Kevin Mather.